Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. If you like what you're hearing, why not try a StephCast subscription? Only $4.95 a month if you buy a year in advance. Go to stephaniemiller.com to find out how. It is the Stephanie Miller Show, 34 minutes after the hour. Look at that. A caller uh, on the Stephanie Miller Show says it there, and then it comes out here uh, on Twitter. John Garamendi uh, tweets, I applaud POTUS's decision to ban imports of Russian oil. We also need to take action to examine the potential price gouging. Thank you by big oil companies driving up the price at the pump. I'm organizing my colleagues in Congress to investigate and hold public hearings. He joins us now, Representative John Garamendi. Good morning, sir. Well, it is a good morning. Yeah, from the great Unless state. Unless you're gas. <laughs> yeah, not to buy gas in the, from the great state of California. But thank you for saying something. And I'm glad the president's been talking about this as well, is that I, I really feel these oil companies are taking advantage of this crisis. Don't you? I don't think there's any doubt about it. Uh, they've just driven up the price. They're taking advantage of the crisis. This isn't new. I've been through this maybe four times in the years I've been in public policy. And every time we look at it and there's no underlying economic reason other than greed. Yeah. Well, and you said you also tweeted renewable energy systems like wind and solar not only save the planet, they cut our use of oil and energy production. Less demand for oil and gas and electricity production means lower prices for you at the gas pump. Green energy is common sense. It was part of Build Back Better. Why do we I guess why do we want to keep doing this every time there's a crisis and there will be another one, right, where we have these same dumb arguments over Keystone Pipeline and drilling when, you know, as Jen Psaki said yesterday, there are 9,000 permits that have already been approved. So it's not even about drilling, is it? No, it's not about drilling. It's not about the Keystone Pipeline. Uh, It's really about the oil industry taking advantage of the situation to drive up the cost or the, the price of a barrel of oil, and then it goes all the way through the chain, through the refinery, and then out to the, uh, the gas station. Each step along the way, there is, in my view, price gouging. What we need to do here is to do a thorough investigation, let the public see the facts, uh, and then anybody can go to the quarterly reports of the uh, major oil companies and uh, take a look. It's right there, plain to be seen. They're doubling, tripling the stock buybacks. Their cash flow is going through the roof. And why is that? Well, it's not a shortage of oil. It's that they are in a position to drive the price up whenever they want to do it. And they're doing it right now. Representative, how do I ask this delicately? I think it's hard to... 
you're you know to work with your colleagues on the other side of the aisle that only seem interested in whatever they can blame on president biden and democrats they they in some you know quarters openly rooting for putin i mean and they don't blame putin putin for gas prices <laughs> you know they they blame biden and it, it's i don't know how we deal with that as one country that that should want you know the best for americans it, it almost seems like republicans are rooting for high gas prices whatever hurts biden in an election year well, well that's exactly right and you take a look at their arguments along the way somehow biden caused the war in ukraine really after four years of trump doing everything he possibly could to cozy up to putin and to uh, trash and try to uh, reduce or eliminate nato and the european union uh and so this is biden's no no this is a result of putin finding an opportunity over the last four years thinking that there was a lack of unity in the uh, in nato and lack of resolve by the united states so here we are and uh Putin's the one that started this war unnecessarily, killing thousands of people, destroying cities, and totally disrupting uh, the, the uh, international economy, to say nothing of, of the war itself. So here we are. Uh, with regard to the fuel situation, we are moving away from petroleum, and we need to do that, uh, not only because of the p- occasional price spikes, which the industry inflicts upon us, but also because of climate change. So we're on we're on the right path here, and the uh, Biden administration is putting us in that direction. Uh, in Congress, we're doing that. With the uh, Republicans don't like us to talk about the Green New Deal, but it is actually happening. We're putting money into uh, these new technologies. We're going to repower the electric grid so that electricity can flow from state to state. All of these things are out there. But right now, we've got this uh, extraordinary run-up in the uh gas pipe a gas at the pump yeah and and people are justifiably very very upset about it and i'm saying yeah we all have a reason to be upset we ought not be paying this much and certainly the industry oil industry ought not be uh taking these extraordinary profits and then uh passing that not to the folks that are buying yeah. the gas but rather to their stockholders and to their executives. Agreed. Representative Garmendi, let's talk about, well, speaking of which, I should just say former National Security Advisor John Bolden echoes what you just said. He just said again yesterday, Putin did not move to invade Ukraine during Trump's term because he saw Trump doing a lot of his work for him. He said uh, he thought in a second term uh, Trump would make good on his desire to get out of NATO, which would then ease Putin's path forward. Uh, Bolden also said Trump had no idea what the strategic issues were in Ukraine, you know, as usual, his interest was only in himself and his reelection. So let's talk about you were on the call with um, Zelensky. You just said I just finished meeting with President Zelensky and several colleagues, congressional colleagues. Uh, President Zelensky discussed ways we can continue to support Ukraine against Putin's war. Congress must immediately authorize additional humanitarian and defensive relief for Ukraine. What, where are you on what we can do? There's obviously all kinds of... There's, you know, experts wrote a new letter yesterday. Can there be a limited no-fly zone over the humanitarian corridors that have already been agreed to by Russia and Ukraine? The problem is Russia's not a, they're not an honorable actor. Even when they they agree to a ceasefire, they don't honor it. So that would seem like, you know, that could be a, a provocative thing as well, right? Well, absolutely. They do not trust Putin and do not trust any word that comes from him or his uh, 
army about uh, no-fly zones or humanitarian corridors, uh, simply not trustworthy at all. Uh, we do know, however, that there are things that can be done, and we're doing those. But before we get to what we're doing, remember that it was Trump that was refusing to pass $250 million of military aid to Ukraine in exchange for Ukraine helping him in his election. Yeah. Uh, so there was that period of time where Ukraine for two years was un, was destabilized by Trump. Now, that Biden's in office, a billion dollars of aid has gone to Ukraine in just the last year. Most of that military equipment, some very deadly defensive equipment called Javelin missiles yeah. for armored vehicles. Uh, the Ukrainians indicate that maybe as many as, uh, as several, I, I think they have uh, well over 300 uh, tanks that have been destroyed and similarly uh, other kinds of equipment and airplanes and helicopters taken out of the sky with the stingers. That is the no-fly zone that is working. Uh, the Russian military aircraft are very wary of getting anywhere close to the ground where there may be someone hidden back in the ditch underneath the tree with a Stinger missile that'll take them out of the sky. And we've seen some uh, videos of that happening. So um, what to do about the humanitarian? Continue to push. Continue to push uh, on the international stage that Russia is killing people as they try to escape. These are civilians, not military. And that Russia is conducting a scorched earth policy, a, a crime against humanity, and Putin's responsible. The more the world knows of that, the more safety will be available. But right now, it's clearly not safe on those escape routes. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash you talked, uh, you spoke, um, Representative Garamendi, after your call with Zelensky. You said he knows he's at the top mm -hmm. of the kill list. He knows his life is in jeopardy, but he has pushed that aside to lead this nation, an incredible man of courage and leadership. And then he, you said he went into detail about high schools, kindergartens, apartment buildings, uh, presumably with the intent of breaking the will of the Ukrainian people. He said the Ukrainian people are determined, in his words, to be free, to not be subjects of Putin and Russia, rather to be Ukrainians, to set their own course, to make their democracy. Um, Yesterday, he said, people, children are under the wreckage, atrocity. How much longer will the world be an accomplice to ignoring terror? Close the sky right now. Stop the killings. You have the power, but you seem to be losing humanity. Um, is there something else? Is there another idea with these planes? I know that I understand we turned down yep. the, the Polish idea because that would, you know, it, obviously that makes us directly involved. Is there some other idea in how to get these planes to them, do you think? Well, first of all, we need to understand the planes and then the ability of the Ukrainian uh, Air Force to operate those planes. Uh, there's a considerable doubt that the Ukrainian pilots are trained to operate the kinds of planes that Poland 
would make available. That needs to be sorted out. There's also the reality, where's the airport? Where are the logistics, the fuel, uh, the uh, armaments, uh, as well as the necessary repair? Most of these planes, uh, if you have one week, they may be able to fly 50% of the time. The rest of the time, they need to be maintained uh, and uh, issues on the plane taken care of. So there's a whole serious logistical issue associated with any aircraft, and particularly one uh, from a country in which you may not have any of the infrastructure available to maintain that airplane. So that's a big question. No use sending a plane that you can't use because you can't fuel it or you can't fly it. So that's one of the underlying questions. There is the question that you raised, and that is, uh, does the plane going from Poland directly to Ukraine involve Poland actively in the war? That's really a perception issue on the part of uh, Putin. If he perceives that to be the case, would he then be open to attack Poland? I think that's a stretch. I don't think that would happen. But that is an open question that uh, needs to be addressed. And when coupled with the question of uh, being able to operate the plane from airfields in Ukraine, you say, let's wait just a moment. Maybe there are other things that can be done, more Stinger missiles. There are... um, mobile anti-aircraft missiles beyond the Stinger that have greater range, mm-hmm. things of that sort may be better uh, yeah. in this case. And finally, let's negotiate a safe exit route for the uh, refugees. You know, I, it's interesting. You raise an interesting question because Putin has already said that these sanctions are an act of war. So it's also hard to base things on what Putin says, right? Because, you know, or what he's going to consider an escalation. Exactly right. Uh, you know, he could use these sanctions as an act of war, but really the sanctions are a uh, have been used for many, many years. Actually, really going back to the very beginning of our country when we and uh, England placed what we would call today sanctions, cutting off trade in one way or another. So it's not new. It's not an act of war, but it is for Russia a very, very serious problem. We are simply shutting down the Russian economy. And one of the things that's really uh, indication of how wise the Biden administration is, is that the Biden administration really went out and put together the coalition. Uh, we've got the coalition of almost every country in the world, uh, with very few exceptions, India being the single biggest and most important exception, uh, and of course China. But with that in place, Biden's administration, his team, allowed the European Union, and NATO to take the lead. If you watch every time a new sanction is uh, announced, it is announced first by the European Union. And frankly, with regard to oil and gas, their announcements, which did precede the president's announcement about um, the United States cutting off uh, its purchase of Russian oil, the European Union said that they were going to reduce by two-thirds the uh, importation, the purchase of oil, Russian oil, and yeah. gas. Yep. For Europe, that is a huge, huge impact on their economy. Yep. However, and, uh, the Biden administration got ahead of it, and they said, and they set out weeks and actually months before the sanctions were put in place to find ways to backfill the loss of Russian gas and oil. So this has been very, very well thought through. Yeah. Uh, there's still going to be an impact, but nonetheless, that impact is significantly mitigated by the first uh, Europe taking action, then the United States following, and secondly, 
the mitigation by backfilling oil and gas to Europe. Yeah. Well, and I think Michael McFall, former ambassador, who's been very outspoken, said it best on Twitter. He just said the U.S. is not sitting on the sidelines on Ukraine. We've done a ton and we need to do more. But short of declaring war against Russia, which we should not do, Biden has led the free world in supporting the Ukrainian war effort and the economic pressure effort on Russia. I, I agree with you. I think he's done a, a really an amazing job uniting the world. So I, I think, you know, one last thing Zelensky said, and I think that was in your uh, in your call with him, Representative, as he said, as soon as they start losing the war on the ground, they start using civilians as a tool of war. And that's what I think is uh, troubling, right? Not just this maternity hospital, but, what, you know, uh, what he did in Chechnya. Another, you know what I mean? That they're obviously uh, yeah. creating, or excuse me, committing war crimes by the day. and, and because, exactly. he's, because he's losing uh, Putin, isn't he? Well, exactly right. What Putin and Russia's way of war, if you can't win quickly, then you simply destroy. It's a scorched earth policy. It is, uh, it's killing civilians. It's destroying communities. He did this in Syria at Aleppo yeah. uh, and, uh, and also in Grozny and the Chechnya area. Uh, and he's doing it. You can see it's very clear from all the video and all the film that uh, he goes, that the Russian army goes through a village and just levels it. Uh, if there happen to be people there, well, that's, collateral damage from their point of view. So civilians are being killed. It's clearly war crimes, left, right, and center. Uh, not It starts with Putin, but those war crimes go right down to the sergeant that's uh, manning that uh, tank that's blasting away at the community. So uh, there, there, there will be a day of reckoning uh, for yeah. Russia. That, re- that day of reckoning is in place now as uh, the entire world turns against uh, Russia uh, Putin is an international pariah. His future on the world stage is gone. Yep. It is gone. And uh, he and he will never rebuild the Russian Empire or the Soviet Union yep. as he intends to do. He, the world will not let it happen. Yeah, uh, Representative, you're absolutely right. Ironically, for this crazy, to what crazy, we don't know, but think, you know, was thinking of rebuilding the Soviet Empire. I was just reading uh, an expert saying he has done more damage since the... Uh, I don't know, Tsar Nicholas or somebody to to Russia. I mean, he has he oh. decimated Russia in in record time. Well, Putin, he, he absolutely true. And I've said from the very outset that the Russian people are good. They have a heart. They are they are empathetic. Uh, they got a tough situation. They're living in a very very difficult uh, country with a horrible ruler, uh, an autocrat who's quite willing to crack down. But already there's well over 15,000 Russians that have been um, arrested Arrested, and detained for street demonstrations. I've said from the outset, Putin's jeopardy are the streets of Russia. Yep. And that's why we shut down all internal communication. There is no information allowed into the country. And the only information in the country is the state uh, propaganda machine. But the hackers of the world are overcoming that. There are reports yep. that in the middle of a news report on the Russian state television, uh, suddenly a pop-up appears of what is actually happening yep. in Ukraine. And so more and more of that will get through. The Russian people will not stand for what is happening to their brothers and sisters, and they will be in the street. And ultimately, that's the ultimate risk that Putin faces. Yep. Uh, if take a look. Ukraine in 2014 changed his government because the people of Ukraine said, no more of this. We will not stand for this anymore. 
Yeah, um, and I Representative. Predict, I predict so- that this is going to happen in Russia, and I think sooner than Putin has ever imagined. I agree. i uh, so sorry. We went so long because it's so great to have you, uh, Representative John Garamendi of the great, and if he has anything to do with it, low gas price of uh, California. <laughs> it's a problem in California, I'll tell you. Yes, I know. Okay, but, we'll go get him. All thank right, you. thanks, Representative. Bye-bye. There he goes, Representative John Garamendi.